What's up, everybody? Welcome to the aftershock with Ben and Jeff. <laughs> the aftermath. No, sorry, the aftermath. <laughs> 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 I don't think that name's any good either. He said, what? Yeah. I'm the human soundboard. The, the human soundboard, Ben Pack, is here. Uh, I'm Jeff Gerstman. Uh, it is September 19th, 2017, and we are here after another uh, edition of the Giant Bombcast. Uh, handful of things happening. We're getting into that busy season, you know, Marvel coming out, and and that's it's a big game. I guess I'm I'm not feeling it the way you are, at least from my limited time with it. But yeah, uh, it's it's cool. I, I think I think it's a unique take on a on a well established mm-hmm. fighting style. What do you think of three when three first came out? Uh, I think it, I, it, was, it seemed pretty divisive. I was really excited for it because of the roster. Mm-hmm. Um, like it had Arthur and Hagar and just a lot of really ca- cool characters. Um, uh, it was immediately people thought like oh this game's broken like sentinels unbeatable there's a bunch of other bullshit but the meta eventually shook out to a place that i mean there was like the dark phoenix problem for a while and then in ultimate there was the morrigan issue uh where like chris street pretty much exclusively won um yeah but yeah yeah i i liked three at launch because i I felt like they did a slightly better job of explaining like how to juggle, like how to get a yes. combo started, an air combo and stuff, and, and that stuff wasn't into, uh, or the, the the explanations for it weren't into. So I was never, I was terrible at two, uh, because I kept trying to play it like it was just a regular Capcom fighting game, you know, and uh, and yeah, it's it's a very different thing, obviously. So three at least was was good about kind of explaining some of that to people and making some of that like a little bit universal. Uh, in a way that I didn't think that two was in terms of just like, Oh, knock them out of the ground, p- pump them up, like, yeah. like whatever, all that sort of stuff. Uh, but over time, like I kind of, I fell away from it pretty fast. Like I, I liked it out of the gate. I think I gave it a, a four out of five or something like it's, it's a, it was a quality game uh, at, at the time. It definitely was a bit more polished um, than infinite. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. So, you know, just in, in light of that, you know, being a, a big fighting game that kind of harkens back to the arcade days and, and our earlier talk about abandoned malls and all that sort of stuff. The mall I was in over the weekend uh, had a great arcade uh, for a while, uh, for for years and years. And it was, it, was a, it was a good mall to go to because it was like the last mall that had an arcade in the area. And I would go there when we were in the, the heat of our NFL blitz. Oh, sickness yes. uh there were I, I would go there and you know we'd play some fighting games play some tech and whatever and then they had a blitz cabinet and i would just play it here and there and there was a guy who came up and was like mind if i play and i was like oh absolutely let's let's go let's go and i just fucking stomped him just crushed <laughs> just just there was just like he I just he was trying to enter a bunch of codes, but I entered the tournament code thing to disable all that shit. Nice. And, and you're like, this isn't my first this rodeo. This is not like I'm not an idiot. Uh, and and then he was like, why didn't you enter your real initials, like to to have your real record? Because you entered your name and stuff, and you would it would keep a record on the machine. Right. So he he was he thought that I must have had a ton of wins. And I was just like, oh no, I, I have I have this machine in my house. I don't play here. <laughs> <laughs> and and he was like, oh okay. 
like just some business dude who would be was decent at it. Sure, you know, he'd currently he'd, he'd clearly spent a lot of time, but but yeah. Oh yeah, uh, and and that maybe brings us to our topic. Yes. Uh, so if, if people want to want to contribute to the topic, but you know, hey, open phones, you know, whatever you want to talk about, we're here for you for the next hour or so. So, uh, but you know, if you got cool arcade stories or cool kind of out there in in the world, yeah. gaming stories. Yeah, I want to hear about like meeting up with strangers and playing video games against them, or like cool th- arcades that you found that have like unconventional machines, or yeah, just like you know, because. To me, Marvel 2 was always my number one arcade game. Like I was terrible at it, but I went to the arcade and I went to play The Simpsons, Beat mm-hmm. em Up, yep. and Marvel 2. Uh, and yeah, like I- I'm sure we all have those moments er- early on where we stumbled into an arcade for the first time. Not necessarily your first time in an arcade, but the first time going to a certain arcade and you just kind of get overwhelmed. And yeah. You develop friendships, rivalries. Like I peed my pants in an arcade <laughs> as a child, as a young child, because I put a, uh, a a Susan B. Anthony dollar coin into a pinball machine, and it, and I played a four player game of of Superman, and it took so long to finish it, and I was afraid to walk away from the machine because you know I'd put a lot of money into it, a full dollar. Yeah, that's a whole dollar. And as a result, my pants got peed. Um. Let's start here uh, while you're lining that stuff up. Uh, Dr. M to the J writes in and says, I totally forgot to mention this uh, on the on the earlier podcast. Did you get to play the Dragon Ball Fighters beta this last weekend? And what did you think? Did you you were you were out of town. Yeah, right? I was out. Yeah, I, I watched a lot of footage of it. Yeah, I, I got two matches in because uh, they, they, it's it's. I feel like there should be a rule. If you're going to run a beta weekend and the servers are only up for certain hours, those hours should be in the thing that you launch. You shouldn't have to go like search on the internet to find out when it's going to be active. So uh, whatever. I, I happen to be in front of my TV uh, for the Sunday session, uh, Sunday afternoon, and jumped in uh, to a couple of matches. And I don't think I need a lobby system that is like the walk around an area and do other stuff thing. I think I, I think I'm fine with just menus. Like I think the cute lobby and and is is neat. Yeah, the the guilty gear the style. guilty gear st- style of stuff. I think it's really neat, but I just don't need it. Uh, it's, I like it's it. not neat enough. Like the number of things you can do is is there's not enough things to really warrant. Well, then I had to walk over to the area where I can sign up for a match. Like, no, just just let me hit go. Um, anyway, I played two matches and got fucking crushed. Just stomped. Just just destroyed. Yeah. Uh, because I had no idea what I was doing. I was like, oh, wait, wait, I'm not even sure what the buttons do. Okay, there's light, medium, heavy, there's a special, there's some, there's this other stuff. The like, air dash. The air dash thing. Like, it just... Two matches were not enough for me to wrap my mind around. And it's a very hectic game, so like yeah, exactly. So like I just, I just exactly. It it was, it was that feeling of playing of the first time I played MVC two was at Golfland. Capcom had us go to Golfland because it was there, kind of on test. It wasn't widely available in the U.S. yet, Uh, and we went there, and there were people that had been playing it for a while. Who were there and Capcom was like, Oh yeah, we'll we'll make we'll we'll make, we'll cut through the line for you guys, which felt like a shitty move anyway. Um, but then it was just like, okay, I think I sort of played that game. That's how I felt playing playing the Dragon Ball beta. It was I think I sort of played that game. At one point I was like, 
Wait, is this a tag game or is it like a <laughs> is like a King of Fighters thing? I can't even really. I'm I'm, I'm hitting the button and getting assists. Yeah. Do I hold them down to tag? I'm not sure. How do I? What like like just and then the match was over and I was like, okay, all right, okay, okay. I'm really excited to try out Android 16 because he seems like a really fun grappler. Um, there haven't ever been really good grapplers in Marvel style games. Yeah, but. He reminds me of like a, a KOF character with his like anti air grabs and stuff. I saw one combo where he command grabbed a dude five times in the combo, <laughs> and it was okay. pretty great. Yeah, that that sounds that sounds neat. Um, well, okay. Uh, Rain One here says uh, I also peed my pants in an arcade as a teenager because I kept getting extra credits on High Speed Two: The Getaway, but I'm not calling in for that. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, that's the magic of pinball you start getting on a good run you get a bunch of free games next thing you know probably pee in your pants probably pee in your pants i've got a i've got a story i can't wait to hear the details of if we are ready to take one let's do it all right so i hit the video call button first and then i talk for a little bit and then i say hello you're on giant bomb show hello And this is the first call is always hard because I don't know if it's me or them, but their little ring isn't lighting up. So I'm going to assume it's them. So I'm going to hit leave call. Okay. Technical difficulties. Yeah. With Jeff and Ben. That's right. Okay. Done. Nailed it. Next week. Next week. We got a new name for the show. (laughs) Yeah. It's doing a show in this room right before we do this show is, uh, makes it hard to actually test out stuff um let's see here uh, uh alvaro writes in and says how would you organize evo japan and what games would you choose i don't so they announced the dates for that i don't know if they announced the lineup let me look yeah uh i mean i would probably just play the same games yeah I Maybe think. slightly different because I well I wonder if there's an injustice scene in Japan. That's... Yeah, so I know there's no melee. Uh, there might be no injustice. Uh... Uh, January twenty sixth to twenty eighth, twenty eighteen is what it looks like. Okay. Um, I don't know if I see. Oh, uh, three main events: Tekken, uh, Guilty Gear, and one other game to be determined. Guilty Gear Tekken. Yeah, sure. I could see uh, there isn't, I mean, there is a, there's a decent Tekken audience there, but there's also yeah. a huge Korean Tekken audience, mm-hmm. and that's probably a lot easier. Japan's probably a lot easier to get to from Korea than, sure. than yeah. I I would Vegas. assume that there would be a Street Fighter Five in that list. You would hope so. And them saying there are three made events and announcing two of the games and saying the third, like, the third one's probably Street Fighter Five, isn't it? Maybe. I mean... Or are they just is that just a given? And they're like, oh, we're also of course we're doing Street Fighter, but these are the three main events. I, I, that's... So I'm gonna hit join call again. Okay. And I'm gonna say hello. I hope I can hear you. Mm-hmm. 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 All, all the knobs, all the knobs are up. Hello. Hello. Hey. Oh. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Uh, I'm Leo. I'm from uh, Seattle, Washington. Hello, Leo. What's on your mind? 
Uh, not much. Uh, you wanted arcade stories, yeah. and I, I told Ben that there's a local pinball arcade in Seattle that I get a discount at because I'm in a moped gang, which is kind of strange when you put all those words together. Is it shorties? Uh, no, it's uh, Attaball in Fremont. Okay. Is it... it also has a Killer Queen arcade cabinet, oh, which, nice. is really, which is really rad. Yeah. You're, so but, because you're in a moped gang, you yeah, you'd have to break this down. You can't just say the I, words. I that feel you like said. that's fairly self-explanatory, honestly. Like, okay, uh, you're part of a moped thing. Okay, how about this? What's a moped gang? So uh, Seattle's moped gang. We are a chapter in the National Moped Army. Uh, Seattle's chapter is called the Mosquito Fleet. Uh, there's one in Portland called the Puddle Cutters. I think there's one in the bay area called creatures of the loin uh they all have their own sort of laws and stuff but the basic idea is that we ride around our towns on these antique two-stroke mopeds that we build up and hot rod and keep going and kind of just go from bar to bar occasionally we'll do like a rally like i was at a rally this uh summer in portland there's like 300 mopeds all going at once is it like is it like the sturgis of mopeds yeah, kind of. It we get serious and kind of not serious about it. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's a weird it's a weird thing. But uh, yeah, I've been riding with Mosquito Flea for about a year and a half now, uh, and I've been a prospect for about three months. Like I'm an actual like prospect prospect. I have like a sponsor, and then at the end of the prospect period, they all vote me in if. I get voted in, then I get a huge patch on the back of my jacket. Mm-hmm. It's a kind of legit thing. People get tattoos. And um, yeah, there's also drama in between the groups. That's oh, kind of fake. Kind I of bet. Not, but... Have you ever whipped anyone with a chain? Uh, no, I haven't. Okay. I don't think that's happened yet. Not yet. You could be the first. You yeah, hesitated. Yeah. I don't believe you. <laughs> Oh, on any of this? No, no, no. Just that you haven't whipped anyone with a chain. Oh, uh, I don't think there's been any, like, combat. I do know in the Portland gang, in order to get in, you have to, like, slice yourself with a knife and then get that tattooed. So I think that's as violent as it gets. Yeah, fair enough. (laughs) So, so what kind of, okay. So, so you get a discount. Is it because does, is the owner of this pinball place in the gang and that's oh, why? Yeah. Yeah. He's in the gang. And so, oh, okay. like, and that's usually our meetup spot. Um, uh, was actually the start of a timed race from Seattle to San Diego where everybody was on mopeds and they rode down, um, as fast as they could. Uh, and that's usually the meetup spot for rallies in Seattle. So it's a, it's a pretty, it's kind of the epicenter of the, the uh sort of seattle scene yeah that's that's really cool uh have, have, have any rival gangs tried to infiltrate the Attaball and like get on uh, your turf you, you no know any... i don't think so okay. like i don't think there could be rival gang in seattle i mean because they'd all be part of yeah i mean it's, it's a seattle-wide thing right yeah you have to be some real big beef with us and they're just like i want to ride mopeds but not with you and then they'd find other people and then it would just get kind of messy although seattle people are pretty standoffish i don't know if that would actually happen we'd probably just leave really passive aggressive notes for each other and then yeah yeah. just just anytime you see an unaffiliated moped out and about just leave a note on it that says join or die join or don't maybe yeah yeah cool all right well thank you very much for your call thank you thank you jeff and have a good day all right you too take care he almost he almost only said jeff
And yeah. I was going to say, what the fuck? Yeah, well, I'm the one on the boards. It's produ- I control his fate. Proper pro- producer. Ooh. I should get like a voice modulator mm-hmm. app. Yeah. And just like mess with people, make them sound like Polly Shore. Yeah. That's the, if you're behind the boards, that's you, you, you have that power. We just install voice meter banana and route the whole thing through a vocoder. That's, that's the ultimate goal for my home streaming is I want to run all my mic audio through a vocoder and just play old video games through a vocoder. Um, let's see here. Uh, take, take me, oh, take me to, take me to Mars. Man, I'm like reading that nine different ways, nine different syllable breaks. What are the odds a guy in a moped gang is a massive vapor? 75. Yeah, I'm going to say probably. Because I, it's probably up there. I feel like there's a lot of hardcore vapors um, in the moped gangs, but I feel like there's a, a fraction that are going to be like straight edge. Oh, sure. Uh, yeah. Like get that shit. Well, I mean, if you're straight edge, you can still vape. I mean, it's, you know, yeah, as long but as like, there's no caffeine in the vape <laughs> and no nicotine. That's right. Uh, you know, then, then it's probably okay. I got another call lined up. You ready to jump okay, in? Yeah, let's 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 take it. All right, let's take it with this guy who's got a Homestar Runner avatar, and it looks like it's dialing him. So I'm going to fill time mm-hmm. by saying that I still don't have a Marvel team yet, but Rocket Raccoon's pretty fun. Hello, caller. Oh, hi. Hi. Live? Yes, you are. Hello. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Uh, Alex, calling from uh, Sunnyvale. Hello, Alex. Uh, Sunnyvale, let's, let's hear about it. What's on your mind? Uh, so this was, it's kind of fuzzy, but it was kind of when I was a kid, um, my dad used to, uh, work at Capcom when they were still in Sunnyvale. Yeah. So, um, my dad would bring me in a whole ton and, um, I used to just chill in the lunchroom all day. Um, was but there pretty... were like arcade machines everywhere. Yeah. Was like, it a pretty good uh, lunchroom? Like, I, I feel like I've been to a handful. I've, I've been to the Sunnyvale Capcom office when they were there. Uh, I remember it being a pretty cool Maybe it was in the Sunnyvale office, but maybe it was after they moved once. But I went down there, and in the back, out by the loading dock, there was a guy who didn't work at Capcom, but he would do Tai Chi in the parking lot every day around lunchtime. So a bunch of people from Capcom would just hang out on the loading dock and watch this guy do Tai Chi in the parking lot. Sorry, I'm interrupting your story with my story. Go on. Yeah, no, sorry. But um, there was like Third Strike, Alpha 3, I think. Um, I played a lot of MVC 2. Because mm-hmm. you guys brought it up earlier, and it kind of reminded me of that. Yeah. Um, but also, a game I can't find anymore is uh, Puzzle Loop. Yeah, Puzzle Loop. And um, Buster Brothers, I can't find them like in any arcade I've been to. Yeah, Buster Brothers. So Capcom didn't make it. Uh, a company called Mitchell made Buster Brothers, and Capcom put it out. Uh, so they did Super Buster Brothers for the Super Nintendo, and Capcom put that out. Uh, and then Puzzle Loop is like... I want to say Puzzle Loop didn't actually come out in the U.S. or something. Never heard. Oh, of you know game. what? Puzzle Loop is another Mitchell game. I'm, I'm looking it up. Uh, it's yeah. So there was a, a company called a, J- a Japanese company called Mitchell that made a couple of games that Capcom put out uh, in in some or all territories. And and yeah, Puzzle Loop was one of them. Puzzle Loop is kind of like uh, it's just Zuma. It's just Zuma. Yeah, okay. it's like that. Zuma, yeah, yeah, shoot the balls out into the the little uh, thing. I, I want to say that maybe those. I don't know that I've ever seen a Buster Brothers arcade cabinet. Now that I think about it, hmm. uh, Puzzle Loop might not have come out in the U.S. Like the, you know that stuff's emulated well uh, in stuff like Mame, uh, but like yeah, Buster Brothers came out on the SNES. That's mostly where I played it. 
they haven't found even like a good home release of what like Zuma even right like yeah. nowadays. Yeah, I just yeah. remember playing that a lot on Yahoo.com. Mm. Yeah, I feel like a lot of those. I'm, I'm trying to think where I played that stuff. Would it have been on a phone? Like Engage? No, I don't. I I, I don't know where I, where I would have played stuff like that. Maybe it was just yeah. Maybe it was like a Pogo.com thing or something. A Yahoo Games thing. Yeah, Yahoo or whatever. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's cool. Did people use the machines there, or because they were surrounded by video games all day, were you the only person ever playing the arcade machines? Oh no 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 no! Anytime people came in during lunch, um, there's always a guy playing through the Alpha Three campaign. Uh, my dad always came in and played Puzzle Loop, and he like filled up the whole leaderboard. Nice. Um, awesome. Yeah, but it was mostly me. I got bored of them actually, because <laughs> like, it was just me hanging out there all day. Right. And I kind of regret it. mm Hmm. Because I don't think I'll ever see those again. Yeah, that stuff uh, that stuff dries up for sure. Like, I mean, the arcade business is uh, is such a different thing now. All right, well, uh, Alex, thanks so much. Uh, for, thanks, uh, thanks so much for your call. No, oh, thanks, Jeff. Thanks, thanks for much for right. your call, yeah. Alex. Take care. Yes, that's mumbling is my shtick. You need to enunciate. Thank you so much for your call, the Alex. Mumbler and the good talker in the it's, mornings. Yes, I am definitely the good talker at giantbomb.com. <laughs> oh boy, I'm gonna talk like this for the rest of the show. Oh, please don't. Yeah. All right. I'll All right. Talk about- <clears throat> that's, that's way better. Uh, In training, ask what's the dopest marquee art you've ever seen. I like Mappy because the original Mappy cabinet is that tall marquee that's super crazy and huge. Um, but also, I think uh, I like the reactor logo a lot. I've always been really partial to the the reactor box art for twenty six hundred. Big old explosion. Reactor. Reactor. It was uh, one of the images I sent over when we decided on the name Giant Bomb. I said, what about oh, this? Yeah. What about this? It's just a big explosion. Yeah. What about this? It's really good. Yeah. Um, you want to take another call? Yeah, let's take another call. All right. Let's take another call from somebody who has sent me a message on the Discord. Hello. What is your name? Where are you calling from? Hello. This is Dr. M to the J. You actually took my question earlier. Oh, yeah. From Menlo Park. Cool. Uh, um Wait, down t- on the peninsula today. Yeah. Wait. No, I, he he asked in the chat. Right? Oh, yeah. okay. Oh yeah, I asked yeah. about the Dragon Ball Fighters, which I have the same exact experience you did with it. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like I basically got owned, had no idea what the buttons did, and then went to the lobby and was like, "This lobby's kind of weird." <laughs> yeah, basically, that's that's the experience. I, I so I got, I got done with my first match, and they're like, "Okay, I need to look at the options screen to at least see what the buttons are." Yeah. And that did that turns out that didn't actually help. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. It didn't, but it but I actually I felt like I was pulling off a lot of really cool moves even though I was getting owned the whole time. So there's something there. Right? Yeah. Like it it's so stylish. Like it, it looks fantastic. And and I, I don't know, like I'm not a huge Dragon Ball Z fan or anime fan really but you're like, more into original dragon ball. Yeah, I like the old super Yeah, well eh, right. yeah, super's like whatever. But uh the dark Goku act. Yeah, I well, I have my, I have some art that I've been working on that I'd like to show you about what I've done with some Dragon Ball characters, uh, just to give them a little more edge, just to make them a little, yeah. a little tougher uh, than they are. You just gave Trunks another sword. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, the only thing I know about Dragon Ball is that uh, the one time I tried to watch it, one of the characters was charging up some kind of fireball for like three episodes. Yeah. And, okay. Uh, well, let's really let's cool. let's not bandwagon here because Dragon Ball Z is one of the greatest television shows of all time. Anyways, you're here to call in about your rave video game. Oh yeah. Uh, so sorry. Yeah, totally unrelated to that. 
Uh, so back in college, I was uh, I, used, I attended UCLA, mm-hmm. and there was an arcade at the student union, and there was a bunch of pretty good games in there. But there was this one game called um, Dance Mania X Two A Pen J Paradise. I don't know if you've ever heard of that before. Yeah, like Dance Maniacs or Dance Mania X. Yeah, Dance Mania X. Yeah, with like an X right at the end of the word. Yeah, and it was basically like. Um, it had all of the sort of uh, dance and revolution songs like Boom Boom Dollar and stuff like that in it. And because um, we all know those classics. Of course. Like, I can definitely sing um, Boom Boom Dollar. I like the remix, the faster one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, the super fast one. And you could, also, you could also set the speeds in all those games and everything. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so anyways, it had these four pods that were kind of sticking out of it um, right in front of you. And it would detect when your hand would go above or below the, each of the pods. Yeah. And there were basically tracks coming down telling you which one to put it above or below um, as the music played, right? Right. And so the actual reason to play this game was you're supposed to hold light sticks, glow sticks while you're playing it. So you're supposed to have like a personal rave in front of this machine. (laughs) Um, And so, you know, uh, like I had never really been into rhythm games before that. Um, I kind of had seen them from a distance and been too intimidated to try them. Yeah. Um, But this when I was like, all right, I got to try that. That looks way too awesome. So I gave it a shot and actually I was pretty good at it. And um, so I was like, okay, I got to see how some of these people that play this a lot do. So then one, you know, one night I went there and there was a bunch of people lined up there who clearly played it a lot and they all had glow sticks and they just started doing these like hand twists and like crossing their arms. And one guy was using his legs to play it and stuff (laughs) like that. So Anyways, it was awesome, and I've been looking for that game for years since then. I don't know if any copies of it still exist anywhere, probably somewhere. Yeah, um, no, th- thanks for your call. That stuff does, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that someone's got those machines somewhere, right? But that's uh, the first time I ever saw anything with the the above and below stuff yeah. was uh, Para, 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 Para Paradise, Paradise. Uh, the Konami game for Para Para Dancing, uh, which was a, kind of a hand dance sort of thing, but like... Going to Japan and seeing it for the first time and knowing nothing about what para para dancing is supposed to look like, <laughs> you're just playing it like you're looking at the meter going. Yeah, it's all very stiff motions and just like. Yeah, you're just trying to focus on the timing and not like, the flow of it. And so it just becomes like you're trying to swap flies uh, or slap someone. It's just a ridiculous thing. Um, yeah, the, the idea of bringing glow sticks, that's. Mm, I don't know that I can back that. I don't know. I don't know that I can. I don't know that I can support that. But whatever. People. People should do their thing. Uh, I will say for no reason, apropos of nothing. Thank God for redundant backup recording situations. Ah, fantastic. Yeah. All right. Great. That's all I wanted to say. Thank mm-hmm. you, Jason. Yeah. Um, Indian Shadow, just uh, with a, a quick one here. Do you think fighting games need to be more accessible, or will they always be a niche? I think that auto combo, like so, the the big making it more accessible thing right now the hot button issue of accessibility in fighting games is like auto combos right like yeah. a lot of people are uh guilty gear has them infinite has them mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of modern fighting games especially the more combo based ones have them where you can just kind of mash a and get a decent combo i think those are pretty much universally good i think that having something in there Cause like so, I play fighting games, right? And right, I let's say I'm checking out the new Blaze Blue, which I don't know anything about Blaze Blue. Even as somebody who plays fighting games, I'll hop in and I'll do that auto combo 
a few times with a character I've never played just to see what kind of combos can look like. Right. So it's helpful to me as somebody who knows what fighting games are, and I can't imagine how helpful they are to people who are like, you know, maybe I do like, because I haven't always liked fighting games. Right. There was a point, it was Street Fighter 4 was the point where that was the mm. crossover for me of like being casually interested in watching them and being like, no, I'm going to buy an arcade stick. I'm going to like get serious. Right. There is that point for, for people and, and there's new people all the time that are going to want to come in and like we haven't, nobody's won Evo by auto comboing. Right. right. Yeah, That's it, the it thing. doesn't break like, the game. Like if it becomes a problem, if you see like huge upsets in early rounds of tournament pools because like they're too friendly or whatever, yeah. then that's an issue and you need to figure out how to make it less. Right. But, or, or, you know, at that point, maybe that's just that game. There was a lot of controversy. It's a similar situation, slightly different. But when, when CVS 2 came out on the Xbox and I guess GameCube, it was EO edition. It was Capcom versus SNK. That's what it was. It was CVS 2, wasn't it? That they did EO or was it 1? Um, and EO stood for easy operation. And it was the right stick. You would push up for a dragon punch, right for a fireball, you know, back uh, left for a hurricane kick. Yeah. Uh, and, and they, and at the time I was like fucking pissed. Uh, and when it came out, because, you know, because that's a case of like, it just is taking all the execution out of it and making it so anyone can do those moves. And at the time, moves like that felt like it was supposed to be secret, sacred knowledge in a way of like, no, you should, you need to be able to do this or you shouldn't be playing the game. And I think over the years, I've, I've kind of reversed it. I think R- Rising Thunder was, was uh, yeah. a good moment for that. Uh, that, that beta that is now owned by Riot, I guess. Yeah. Um, where like like hearing Seth Killian talk about that approach to like, hey, well, what if we just removed the layer to execution and just made it so you can hit a button to do it? Because at this point, after this many years, as someone who's been playing fighting games, you know, off and on at a at a at a level, let's say, sure, not necessarily a competitive level, um, I could throw a fireball. It's not a fucking problem. So it might as well be a button at this point because I can just get it done. Uh, and and so why not? reduce that to a button in a way in an attempt to kind of bring in people that just the quarter circle stuff is going to be not is going to trip them up uh and so rising thunder i thought had a really interesting approach and so fantasy strike uh which is out now in early access on steam uh which is david serlin's game has a very similar approach uh to where like it's got keyboard controls it's got like here is your attack like you have one normal button yes and then like two a specials special button. and like a throw and a super, I think, yeah. you know, and, and, and by default up doesn't even jump. There's a super separate jump button. Uh, and and which, like all the characters kind of have, I mean, and this, so they're based off of the Yomi card game, yeah. um, which if you're not familiar is kind of a fighting game card game. That is it's like the concepts of tournament play of, of like high level fighting games brought to cards. It's basically high level rock, paper, scissors in sure. a way where you yeah. have like throws, attacks and uh, blocks. And mm-hmm. then you like each character has different abilities. But the cool thing is um, it's really represented different styles. Like there's a guile like character who is more defensive and has like great off of defense options. And there's kind of like, you know, your standard Ryu character, there's rush down characters, there's a grappler. Yeah. Uh, and fantasy strike, the, the fighting game has all of those too. Like it has, it's kind of a very basic model of the eight different 
archetypes of a fighting game character you might come across. Right. Yeah, and and I have not been able to really play much of it because it doesn't really have AI, and every time I try to play it online, no one joins, so you know, it doesn't seem like there's a huge player base for it. But it has the same idea as Rising Thunder in a lot of ways, and I think that's fascinating. That's the stuff I look at and go like, maybe there's maybe that's the secret is like maybe execution is just not the the thing uh, for for like low to mid level play. Maybe none of it should rely on on execution. Maybe you should just be able to get to a decent place with some stuff like auto combos yeah. and reducing the inputs required for some of these specials and stuff just to make it friendlier or to, or to shift the, the knowledge from the building up muscle memory and all that other stuff to like combo theory and fake outs and mix ups and, mm-hmm. and, and all the, the theory and, and mind games stuff yes. and positioning and footsies and zoning and you know, like the, the stuff that is, is what you eventually realize is the real thing about fighting games the upper level stuff that like that honestly i don't spend a whole lot of time thinking about uh and and because i'm not a great fighting game player um, and i think that's that's the reason that street fighter has always been king because it, it, it balances all of those things fairly well like you can do pretty good in street fighter if you just understand footsies right and what your moves do and what yeah. your opponent's moves yeah, do. yeah definitely uh and and i think that's that's valuable but i think you know there if you can lower that barrier to entry so it's getting people to the point where they understand the fun of high level fighting gameplay. Yeah. Uh, or, or that, or maybe they don't have any fun with it and realize it's not for them at all. But like that, that thing of like getting past the execution, getting past the, I need a fight stick, getting past all this other stuff that just like, okay, anyone can do these moves. It's how you do them. And when you do them, that truly matters and getting people to start thinking about that. And that's, I mean, it's, and, it's partly, partially because it's such a simple game, but Dive Kick is maybe the only game I ever got to that point with. Yeah. Uh, where it was like, okay, I know exactly the angle of my character, the angle of this other character, like like what I need to be doing to be good at this and good at this. And like I was spending a lot of time thinking about the bigger picture. And I think it's great that games on the opposite end of the spectrum exist. You have like Blaze Blue for people who love their right. systems and just like love hmm. having to know how to do a million different things. Or like yeah. Melee, which is the most technical video game I've ever played. And it's just like, like it's there for the people who want that out of a fighting game. Like that's, that's one of the, like, it's great that the stuff exists on the ends of the spectrum. You know, you have your fancy strike and mm-hmm. you have your, your other stuff like blaze blue and melee stuff like that. Uh, but it's, it's all, it's about making the center fighting games, like the middle of ground fighting games more accessible. That's where. Yeah. I think like how do you make a street fighter more accessible? Uh, or, or can you right uh or like injustice like the stuff that ends up being like the mainstream crossover games uh which is really just maybe like what it's those two it's tekken yeah these days like that's Te- tekken actually is is a really great fighting game to jump into yeah um that's a game i've uh i've played with a lot of people who don't play any video games at all like that was the one game that they liked they were like oh we played so much tech or soul caliber of course yeah had a similar a similar thing like Namco just had it dialed in there for a while uh, where Tekken's very easy to understand four buttons, four limbs done. Yeah. Obviously there's a lot more to it than that, but like it's a, it's a, you tell that to someone, they understand it and, and they can, they can at least think they're, they're getting it done. Uh, uh, you want to take another call? Yeah, sure. All right. Uh, I told this guy, I was calling him a little while ago, but, uh, we're getting to it now, and that guy's, hopefully that he's guy's getting a pizza. Hello, Ben and Jeff. Hello. Hi. Hi. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hi, this is Adam calling from Milwaukee. Hello, Adam. What's on your mind? Well, calling with regards to your stories about arcades. 
the uh, only real arcade experience I had uh, was after I had left home and was in the Army uh, at the AMED Center in School in Fort Sam Houston. Mm-hmm. We had a what they called the Starcade. Nice. Was a like a small thing cut off from the break room. We had a Silent Scope 2 machine in there, like an Afterburner, Crazy Taxi, Soul Calibur 2, Tekken Tag Tournament, and that Star Wars arcade game that just had the one joystick in the middle. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a pretty good array. Uh, would would things get heated in there? Was a lot of competition or? Oh yeah, uh, it was the first time I was ever introduced to the the uh, concept of like quartering up. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Behind the uh, Soul Calibur machine, the only real rivalry I had there was with my old my former roommate, uh, <laughs> who was from grew up in South Korea, but his father was in the military, so he joined the army. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. He was a Mitsurugi main, and I was a Siegfried main. And he, every time I beat him, he just gave me shit for <laughs> playing the Siegfried because apparently that was the easy character to play. I I feel like Mitsurugi was like the 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 character. If if I had to pick a character, well, no, I guess it, it's Maxi. Like he's oh, the Eddie yeah. Gordo of that game, right? Like oh, you, yeah. just, you just kind of mash stuff out, and he would just flip around and go nuts. But Mitsurugi was the, like my character in that game because he in my head at least was like the Ryu of that game. Like, sure. There was just a, a little bit of like, very straightforward. I'm a dude with a big sword yeah, and, and I can kind of do a dragon punch with it. Yeah. <laughs> and that, yeah. that's that, that was my whole, that's my whole approach to that entire franchise, I guess. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Thanks for your call. Sure. Yeah. Uh, what, Oh yeah. If I can hang on for one oh, second. Okay. One more. All right. Uh, the weirdest thing in the army that I noticed with video games was mm-hmm. like during basic training. We had a Super Nintendo that they had a bootleg car for that was hooked up to a Mach M16 with a light gun on it, like an old zapper. Yeah, okay, yeah. And they gave us that in order to try and teach us to line up a proper sight picture. Huh. Like Which what? was super weird. This was back in 2001. So yeah. This is I'm sure anyone in the Army now wouldn't have any remembrance of right so wait what software was running on that thing like what game what was it (sighs) like i couldn't even tell you it was just just some bootleg like like non some bootleg thing yeah they had hot wired into running this bootleg cart that was just the most basic of uh black outline of what your rear sight should be okay and then like the basic target that you would see on the range but done in a very like this is a true like 8-bit retro kind of thing on a Super Nintendo. Right. Yeah. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. That was bizarre. Yeah. There, there's a whole... You, you could really delve into like the military and video games uh, over the years and some of the different stuff that, that's been done in like official and, and unofficial capacities. It's, there's a lot of really wild stuff, like the military version of Battlezone, the old arcade game. Uh, they did a mm. version of that for that was like a little more realistic for what you could get away with in the early eighties anyway. Uh, and we, we got a call like something, you know, now you think about drone technology and all that stuff. We got, we got a call from, or we got an email from someone in the military years, years, years ago that was like looking at stuff like command and conquer and wanted to just talk about like how people play that and how that might be adapted for the use in the real world. Yeah. 
uh oh wow and like adapting like that type of ui and that type of like just just to kind of give people like you know a commander or something like that actual like tactical battlefield information uh it seemed to be what they were looking into is they wanted to look into this ui to see if it was something they could use in real life and i I don't know that we ever followed up with them it would the email didn't come into me i probably would have jumped at it just go like this is so weird let's talk um but yeah awesome uh yeah the side picture thing oh yeah it wound up years later when i was in the actual army Mm -hmm. i had to go to the range to fire an m9 for the first time because Mm -hmm. i was in a medical unit yeah and i never fired a handgun like that before but i had modern warfare 2 (laughs) and that initial like kill house mission where they'll give you your ranking based on how well you did running through each area right they had a m9 available that you could use in that game Mm -hmm. so the night before i just chose the m9 in that game ran through it over and over again until i got veteran and then put it down like all right time to go to the range went to the range and scored 40 out of 40 perfect on my first try (laughs) (laughs) nice hell yeah yeah that's cool that's crazy awesome uh thanks so much for your call thank you yeah of course thanks for taking me yeah you guys have a good one all right you too um We've got uh, Brinty over here wrote in with a question. Didn't, didn't call this week. All right. Or maybe, I don't know. Uh, have you messed with any or really seen any of the weird Japanese arcade stuff like Pokemon Treta, where you have to collect physical pogs to essentially progress in the metagame? Modern arcade stuff is weird. Yeah, stuff in Japan yeah. went all into cards and and physical items. Uh, it used to be like, it was a cool thing. Like when we were going over there, VF4 had, had kind of just come out. And so I got a VF net card to play Virtua Fighter with. And so they would lock the cards to individual characters. So as soon as you held the card in front of the sensor, you were Sarah. No matter what, uh, you couldn't play multiple characters. And if you, you had to download like a phone app to apply, because it, it would also gate your access to uh, the cosmetics. So like all the costume parts and stuff you could unlock in that game, you could only put them on in the VF net phone app. And this was like pre iPhone phone days. Uh-huh. And I remember getting those cards and thinking, like, that's the coolest shit ever. I could just walk up and go, this is my character. Yeah. This is my record. It works across all arcades. Uh, and and thinking that that was really awesome. And then, yeah, you started seeing, like, soccer games and horse racing games and all this other stuff being more card-based. Or some of these other, there's, like, a fantasy one. There's, I'm sure there's a bunch now. There's Yeah, there's tons of them. There's, there's an arcade uh, called Round One mm-hmm. that has a sister site in japan like it's it's it's, so they get a lot of japanese Mm. like hot japanese games and uh one of them that i was playing is called gunslinger stratos it's a square enix game and it's like it's a light gun game uh but you can like stack the guns on top of each other to like make different guns and stuff and yeah it's totally it's like a four-on-four game and so in order to play you have to you have to buy a card yeah um and it like stores your character on it and you can buy like upgrades that persist and stuff. And that was like, I was like, wow, this is cool. And then I realized that's just like all of the arcade games over yeah. there. Even like the single player sniper game I was playing had, mm-hmm. a, had cars. It's just very much a, yeah. I guess that's how they figured out to keep arcades alive is by like Selling having you that cards. persistence. And then and, if you want to have two characters, you need to buy two cards. Yeah. But the cards look cool for the most part. So I, cool. I bought a few VF net cards, uh, I was sad that the the gunslinger Stratos stuff was like basically region locked. They were like, "Yeah, this doesn't work over here." These these cards. Just... Oh right, yeah, yeah. That stuff's just get a VPN. 
set up a VPN in the arcade. Yeah. I mean, so many arcades are internet connected now. Yeah. Uh, for a lot, a lot of the features for a lot of those games that, you know, you could probably do it. You'd probably do it. Probably. You got anything going on over there, call-wise? Uh, starting to run down here. All right, okay. Well, uh, let me take another question or two out of the chat here. Uh, oh, uh, Lucky Chris says, do you remember the arcade football game where you pick a play in a menu similar to Blitz, but then the game plays actual NFL FMV results? Oh. There's a Laserdisc football game. What? Uh, and it was, it's, it's like, it's like, what, it's the Cowboys versus the Raiders, I think. It's like NFL football, Cowboys v. Raiders, I think might even be the name of the game. Uh, and that thing was originally, or maybe not originally, but that thing was also designed for the, the Halcyon, the, the RDI, the weird Laserdisc system uh, that like, would run Thexter's Quest. No, what, the, what am I thinking? Of? Thayer's Quest. Thester's Quest. Fester's Quest. That's the one. Uh, gosh, I want to look up the name of this thing. But yeah, it was. It was. You would put, pick plays, and then they had just they had gotten footage from a ton of like actual, like a, an actual football game. Yeah, and they had taken all that footage and repurposed it for use in like a laser disc game, and it was just the weirdest fucking thing. That's uh, so strange. I'm trying to look it up here, but I don't remember the exact title. Uh, no, I typed in NFL football Cowboys, but that's that doesn't <laughs> that's, that returns a lot of results as it turns out. Even on Giant Bomb, that's that's not a great search. Uh, yeah, I I remember that thing. Uh, I I don't know that I've ever seen it in person. Um, at least in original format, I think it might exist some a few other weird ways. Um, in training, wants to know what's the best fighting game input. Is it the tiger knee input? Is it the pretzel? The classic quarter circle forward? The people need to know. Fuck the pretzel. Is the pretzel like that SNK fucking down back down or the the the, That's the, the charge flash kick thing? Yeah. Fuck that uh, thing. No, yeah. Fuck fuck charge moves. I'll say it. I feel like that's like a lot of fighting game developers have largely started to agree with that finally. Uh, that's why I was pissed when I started playing Chun-Li in Infinite and she relies on a pretty hefty charge move for her otg uh i like i'm a big fan of half circle back forward the the kof um mm. the like whoop. it's like it's like you're actually it's not a it's like an actual half circle because you move it's like oh sure yeah instead of just like half of the yeah loop. uh um, i every time i am presented with a joystick or any kind of video game controller, I instinctively start doing dragon punches on it. It's good. It feels good. Yeah. Uh, or or it feels bad, and that might be a sign that the controller is bullshit. Yeah. It's, be- it's become the thing I do when I hold a controller to decide if the controller is any good or not, which is maybe maybe bad for what, what modern games are these days. I changed my answer. It's uh, the standing 720. Uh, oh, Jeez. It's it's so hard to do, but it's so cool. Yeah. And watching people like Snake Eyes do it in Street Fighter Four, just like it's such a it's two three fourths of a circle because you like go from like three o'clock to ten o'clock and then down to neutral and then back up to three o'clock and then to ten o'clock again. Yeah. That's a weird one. Uh I like some of the like Mortal Kombat uh oh, yeah. like button inputs in like MK three and stuff like that. Like some of that stuff feels good even though it is that kind of dial a combo thing uh you know a little like run block run run high kick cut somebody's head off that sort of stuff um let's see here 
Uh, Sino of the uh, a modern relevant question here is Destiny Two worth cracking into if I didn't play the first game and I will probably only be able to play solo. I think so. I've I've played most of Destiny Two alone. Yeah, all the uh, single player or all the campaign stuff you can just breeze through solo. Yeah, there's like maybe two parts in the campaign that seem like slightly more difficult, but it's a it's a cohesive story that I think is is fun to see. Um, and I think the strikes are good. You know, even if you're playing with strangers and stuff like that, like you know, the strikes don't really re- require a ton of coordination. Um, so I would say the strikes are worth playing, which is technically not solo, but you know you can just match up with strangers and play it and it's still a good time. Um, oh, apparently the, the SNES gun game was called multi-purpose arcade combat simulator or max. Hmm. Let's look into that. That sounds really crazy. Really, really crazy. And, uh, how about we take one more question? Do you have anything over there or, or I'll, I'll take <sighs> something out of the chat here and maybe we'll just, uh, call it a day. Hit up the chat. All right. Uh, What's the weirdest place you've ever seen an arcade machine? Ooh. Huh. Outside at a campground. Really? Yeah. Like just like near the, like a central area where like there's like, hey, there's kind of a a visitor center or like some bathrooms or something like that. And then just out on their front porch arcade machine sitting outside like it was a fucking vending machine. I saw one in a bathroom once. That's crazy it was a blitz cabinet in the uh, bathroom. who would touch that it was a Why huge you... fancy bathroom with like uh i forgot what they're called the dudes in there who like have all the different soaps and yeah. stuff and then just a fucking blitz machine i think this was in vegas that seems like something they would do in vegas that's that's just gross that's just yeah and that i can't i cannot truck with that there's only one kind of blitzing i want to do in the bathroom mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's out of my butt oh Okay, all right. That's not where I thought you were going with that. I thought it was something else. Nope. I guess on that note, maybe we'll call it a show. The Brown Note. The Brown Note with Ben and Jeff. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening. God. Ugh. No? Okay, See, that's, that's not a good name either. <laughs> we're still road testing these names. we got to figure one out because we're going to eventually break this What's out this into one, its the own. the Aftershock? The, after, the, after the, sho- the Aftermath? The Aftermath. With, aftermath with Ben and Jeff. Uh, two plus two equals questions? That's terrible. Thanks, everybody, for listening slash watching if you're live. Uh, we'll be back next week with another after show, another another show, and another show after the show show. Yeah. Yeah. Bye. Bye.